0: Hey there. This episode originally aired on my Patreon many months ago, so some of the information might be a little bit outdated by now. If you'd like to check out episodes as soon as they come out, you can join my $3 tier over there, or you can subscribe to check out full episodes coming here eventually. Either way, the choice is yours. Enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another Pat's Creative Podcast. Today, I have a very special guest joining me. Uh, It is none other than Youngtown, also known as Luke Sizemore. Luke, would you care to introduce yourself to the people out there?
1: Hey, what's up, everybody? I make... uh music and production long time ago I used to do videos on youtube in the video game sphere don't do that no more and uh that's that's basically it
0: now you've also actually recently kind of returned to youtube though because of uh your recent uh streaming problems right and uh would you care to like elaborate a little bit on how that's been going on like how is that have you been creatively dealing with the with switching to YouTube and whatnot?
1: Yeah, it was a it, it was a big issue. We uh, came back from Casey and I had just got married, and we were gonna do like, hey, we just got married type of stream. And so we uh, the the day of, I boot up Twitch, and I remember trying to check out something on Twitch on my phone earlier that day. So I go in, for some reason I'm logged out, and that's never happened to me before. But of course, I'm just thinking, it's technology, something's messed up. And so uh, I didn't really bother trying to log in because I didn't remember my password or anything. So I was, I'll do that later. So when I when I came to setting up the stream, I think I did... Uh, I think I did practically everything as far as setting up goes until I realized I couldn't log in to Twitch. And it was so strange and and it gave me the uh, indication account was suspended. And I'm thinking, what in the world? And so there was a there was a big freak out moment. And um, because I try to limit my time
0: on social media, um, I you weren't really aware of the. Like DMCA explosion that was happening.
1: Yeah, I wasn't aware like socially, the perception of it. Even though I was getting the emails, and the reason I never acted on the DMCA emails is um, because I thought they were the equivalent of the YouTube copyright right notices. So it was just a notice, and then I just kind of I didn't really I didn't read the fine print at all. I assumed that it was going to take the proper channel and whatever the claim was it was just going to get sifted through its proper owner and whatever mon- you know what i'm saying whatever money came in right. it went to the proper person as it does on youtube um i didn't realize that until a lot after the case obviously and so uh creatively i really i really really do miss twitch twitch seems Twitch seems like such a creative, I don't really know. It, it has like so much of a homier feel to me than YouTube sure. because it's, I feel like, you know, the streaming side has, has been fully, uh, fully realized and fleshed out. Right. But long, long answer short, I guess I miss Twitch though. I miss right. it. I, even though I'm, even though I'm streaming on YouTube, it's, a uh, it's with some reluctancy. Uh, sure i i I miss my i miss my old home i don't know what to do without it
0: have you found like any kind of change in the community like are there certain people that you don't really see anymore that you kind of miss or like uh is there like kind of a different vibe with streaming on youtube as opposed to twitch or big time big
1: not just the platform difference but the the names have there've have been there've been a few users and things like that have that have been really really consistent and i still see them uh almost every single stream but it basically got turned up on its head and um i think youtube is a bit spottier with with nota with notifying people that sure when you go live and so um the people that do follow me they often will come in and say why am i not getting notified and yeah uh, but the vibe has changed it's it really has flipped upon its head in that there have been a lot of people who had viewed the pre like the years years and years ago videos that i used to make are coming in and they're they're asking me questions that indicate to me that this is their first time interacting with me um you know like what's how did you make this video? What was your favorite video back then? What's right. your favorite video game? And Which so, I,
0: I imagine like you got more of that when you first kind of started streaming, but probably less so over the years, right?
1: Oh yeah, for sure. It's, it's usually when, you know, people like show up for the first time that they yeah. they, they, they kind of do the, uh, I don't want to say surface, that kind of, you, that's kind of like an insulting term, but you know, they, they I, I don't know, maybe they're excited to interact. So they just yeah. kind of, Ask
0: the first thing that pops right. into their Here's head. Here's the common grounds that I can comment on or what Exactly. Yeah. And um, uh, by the way, I don't mean to brag, but I am saying that I was technically uh, in your first stream watching you play Team Fortress 2 oh so long ago. Oh, and it's wow. uh, it's pretty crazy to see the developments you've made from like YouTube to, to streaming or whatnot. Because I, I I'm kind of doing this out of order. I usually say this right after the introduction, but you really caught my interest with the Twitch thing. But, uh, I've been watching you since, uh, I think ever since I saw your, oh gosh, it was like top 10 gaming tropes and YouTubers video. I think, I think that was like the first thing I saw. And then ever since I've been following you pretty avidly and, um, oh, I was going to bring this around I'm having trouble remembering what I was talking about. Sorry. Uh, but yeah, on, on, on YouTube, I think you were mentioning earlier, like how it's having, you're having trouble, like, or people are having trouble getting notified about your streams or whatnot, you know, in, uh. Even just having it in your feed is different than having streams on a Twitch feed because you go to Twitch specifically to watch streams while you kind of have to compete with a lot of other videos from people that they subscribe to, right? And I imagine like that might be make it more difficult just to bring your streaming community in or whatnot.
1: Yeah, it's kind of it's it's been kind of a weird process, you know, how how do you filter people in from from one place to another? And I used to try to yeah as the years have gone on and we've all been infinitely more so connected with all the various social platforms and whatnot i've been trying to limit the ones that i that i spend a lot of time on and this is where i've noticed that this this may have worked against me in this instance because i sort of thought as twitch is like it was like my catch-all you know what I'm saying? Like the community sort of the community rallied all together as soon as I went live. And I didn't have to think about it off stream, say if it existed in a discord or if it existed someplace else that was 24 hours a day, seven days a week, people were interacting with each other. And I and I really like that aspect about it. You know, right. I, I'm, I'm only worrying about uh. What's right in front of me, not to say that, you know what I'm saying? This, this is, this isn't the worst case scenario. Say I had a discord. I I go to sleep. I wake up and there's controversy afoot. Right. That happened overnight that I now have to deal with. Um, Thinking of Twitch as my hub, I didn't have that problem, but, but here we are. I didn't have that hub. So I couldn't say, Hey everybody, this happened. Uh, Right. I'm over here now.
0: And uh, even with like social media, you typically lay off of Twitter and stuff like that too, right?
1: Yeah. I, t- I typically do Twitter. As you probably should. <laughs> yeah. I, re- I, I, read, I read something about Twitter not too long ago. Well, not just Twitter, but just kind of like social media in general, sure. because I was wondering why why is it so addictive? I noticed that as soon as I would get on, it was, it was a bit of a snowball as if I, I almost couldn't set my own personal boundaries or limits to stop getting on it. Once it happened,
0: just an endless feed of distractions, you know,
1: endless feed and not Mm -hmm. just, you know, not just the scrolling through, but just sort of the daily routine of when I first sit down, I check Twitter. And if I do that one day, the chances are I'm doing it the second day and the third are so high. Yeah. So the, the reason that, you know, I tried I tried to limit myself and this is I, I read that addictive uh, the, what is it the platforms that evoke a stronger emotional response are typically the ones that become the most addictive and once I kind of made that connection uh, I was like okay I don't want to I, I want to make sure I'm careful I want to yeah I want to limit my interaction on these me- social media platforms so that the, basically like the addiction or the urge to check and see what's going on doesn't creep in during crucial moments when otherwise I should be present.
0: Right. Well, and, and I, I think your keyword there was like emotion because, you know, Twitter is certainly an emotional place. You know, it's just one one hot take or even just any take any take after another with like no repercussion for the takes and you see it in a sequence that's like all connected to each other but they're all they're all like different thoughts from just random people and with no with no chance of actual discussion it's it's no it's not like you're just telling me your po- thoughts and then i tell you my thoughts you just <laughs> see an endless sequence of it you know so i think twitter specifically is like i mean all, every social media obviously has its has its quirks but twitter can be one of the ones that's really tough to have an open dialogue and that's what raises emotions, you know, and and makes it more addicting.
1: So true. It's so true. And I think once I I made, I made a similar connection to that, that like, Oh, this is what Twitter is as I, as I had been using it. And then that's when, yeah, it it was the moment when I realized it was, it it didn't really line up with the things I valued most, which is civil Mm -hmm. discussion, which is civil discussion with, with people who Obviously, they have a respect for one another, and then on Twitter, even if say the two random parties who who have never had a conversation before until this very moment are being civil,
0: uh, it can be interpreted differently. Right, because everybody else gets to peek in on other people's conversations, and then they become the judge. They oh, become the final saying what happened.
1: Yeah, it could it could even be interpreted differently from you know the the opposite the the party sitting right. across from them that they're talking to because you don't know who that person is,
0: and you um, only have so many characters to clarify.
1: You well yeah, you only have so many characters to clarify, and everyone has their their imprint, kind of, you know what I'm saying? Like as far as how they communicate and how closely does how closely does that line up to ha- actually how they communicate face to face, like right, like we're doing right now. For example, if I were to ever have a conversation, say with my dad for the very first time on social media, I would I would think he was he was a cold person because I yeah, I, I get such short responses from my dad. <laughs> but that's not who my dad is. He's very warm. He's very supportive and loving. He's goofy as all get out, but you know the when we communicate over text, it's very just informative and very short. Like I get K'd by my dad all the time, right? And I don't think anything of it because I know my dad.
0: Yeah, you know him. You've spoken to him before. You know what his tonality is and whatnot.
1: Yeah, we have a very you know we have we have a great relationship him and I. Whereas mm-hmm. someone else, if I get k by them, I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to K you back. <laughs> I just, yeah, exactly. I take it at face value. Like, oh my God, I just got k Yeah. And here, here we go. And then there's, then there's a string of thoughts attached to that. And, you know, we're, yeah. all, we're already probably too deep in at that point. If yeah. that sort of thing well, happens.
0: And Twitter is it's in t- like almost entirely text-based. I mean, obviously there's images and videos, but it's made for text communication. So naturally, anything like tonality, facial expressions, it's all gets lost, and it just it's a breeding ground for misconception and and anger, really, because people get frustrated over the misconception. You know, as other uh, platforms like Instagram, it works a little bit differently. That's not to say Instagram is also a peachy keen website, but like because it's it's mostly picture-based, it's not really about people pushing their own opinions or whatnot i mean you could argue they make a visual hierarchy and start ranking people based on their looks and stuff like that and fair enough but it's just interesting how twitter specifically caters towards such a opinion bubble that's just explodes every five seconds you know and uh basically i applaud you uh, good on you for not being on twitter very much i anytime i talk to any of my guests they say that they're not on twitter i'm like you know what i very much appreciate that it's kind of <laughs> tough because you know it's it's such a big place to network especially as like for like a a small creator like myself it's you know youtube already doesn't do a fantastic job at bringing people into smaller creators so most of my very little retention comes from things like other people retweeting and stuff like that so i feel i'm almost locked into it but i've done a couple of things and you fellows watching at home can try this as well try deleting the apps from your phone at the very least that way you have to actually type in the url if you ever want to use it and you will want to use it so much less i guarantee that um, but yeah anyway
1: that's a re- that's a really really great point anytime yeah. i use twitter now it's it's exclusively on desktop yeah and nobody uh,
0: likes to use twitter on desktop so it's great
1: yeah, no it really does it, it it does change your relationship with the app yeah. itself and it and it slowly breaks away those habits of checking it compulsively yeah
0: and then another thing you could try with other social media as well, if you don't want to delete it, you could just try turning off notifications, you know? The the apps are made to keep bringing you back in just because someone liked something you posted, you know? That's not it's not really a reason to come back to social media because someone liked what you put out, you know? And I that's one of the things I recommend also.
1: But, yeah, great advice you know, across the board.
0: Social media could also have its own dedicated episode. In fact, I plan on covering it at some point. Uh, so I'm going to kind of move on to another topic, though. Sure. Um, so, like... Yeah, as you've already kind of mentioned many years ago, you were working on like a lot of video game satirical content and whatnot. And then you kind of had this like big transition kind of more towards the music side of things, but then also of course streaming and even now you're you're making beats and you have your own beat store and whatnot. Can you explain to me just kind of how creatively free freeing that's felt to kind of break away from the satirical content? Like are there times where you almost kind of miss your old style or is it just like you feel like you can be more yourself right now uh can you kind of go into that
1: yeah no you you hit you've already like nailed it because (laughs) uh it it is it is very it's very freeing right now where i'm at sat when you when you make parody and when you make satire it's it it is shrouded in (sighs) it
0: creating like a mask almost, right? Yeah. Kind cre- of in like a y- fake person.
1: Exactly. It, cr- it creates sort of a mist. And if if you don't really know, like who, for let's, strong example, and I don't know if you watch Eric Andre, but yeah, who sure. who really knows what Eric Andre is actually like, unless you go down the rabbit hole and see genuine interviews of how he behaves. But if you take his content at face value- you know what I'm saying? You you have yeah. no clue. You have right. no clue who he is as an individual, and yeah. it, in some aspects during that journey, I, I I realized that I that that's not what I wanted. I'm sure Eric Andre, you know, people who are who are deep into that sort of thing, and who you know who love it, um, they enjoy that aspect of it. But I, I kind of realized along the way. That I, I became popular doing something that, how do I put it? That sort of uh, disincentivized genuine connection, like authentic right. to like show who I am and to feel like I'm connecting with people, I guess. Mm-hmm. And that's when it became very conflicting. And the plan from the get-go was always to sort of do comedy in regards to slowly... Filter in and almost bring people into the music, uh, right. uh, slowly. But that's totally not what happened. Right. It, you know, it it became the 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 videos that blew up for the most part early earlier on were the non music related videos. It creates right. it creates this pressure. Now I have to make more of
0: yeah this kind of thing now. Right. And, and Eric Andre is a great example because he's someone who fully commits to that style while you, you're a very articulate person, uh, both in speechcraft and in just your lyrics and whatnot. So Thank you. to, to put yourself in the middle of like, here's something you should take seriously and here's something you shouldn't take seriously. It's such a tough line to walk because you'd never know if the audience is actually going to take what you want them to take seriously. Right. It's painful. Yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. Right. It's, it's, it's very, very painful because that's kind of like you know it's like when when I'm gone from this world or you know when my creative journey comes for some reason to a halt, I don't want to be I don't want to be remembered for that particular stuff where you know I value it, but it's not what I want to be ultimately remembered for. I, I, I want to be remembered for things, um, I don't know, much what I what I deem much more important than than comedy um which is which is the encouragement aspect which is like like you said the speech craft that aspect which i I, yeah i like how you brought in that terminology it's
0: yeah well it's it's one of the things i'm always very impressed with you know okay i i again i try not to fanboy so much on the podcast but um (laughs) i i am a big fan of your music um and i kid you not um in you know the spotify like wrap up that everyone was talking about earlier Mm -hmm. The number one played song was Late Night Thoughts uh, because that's just been in my playlist like the entire time. And it's never something I skip because it's something that's that's so articulate and captures such a creative tone that I think a lot of creators feel. And, um, you know, I'm just, I'm a big fan of that. And I that kind of ties into another question I wanted to ask you. Like, uh, have you, do you feel that you are more articulate with uh, writing lyrics than you are with regular dialogue? Do you like, do you find almost the restrictions of having to make things follow a rhythm and make things rhyme, does that almost make you send your, or do you feel like that makes your message e- not easier, but more effective to send basically?
1: Such a, man, such a great question. Uh, so ba- so the question is, Is it, it, it? do I find it more effective or easier to do it on one than yeah. the other?
0: Or at least like, where, where do you think you're more articulate in basically? Man, I, I, I might, if I, if I were to
1: assess myself, I might say that I am more articulate in music because you, when I'm creating music, it's, uh, or when I'm writing the lyrics m- more so specifically this sure. aspect, it, it is a highly meditative process, a uh, highly meditative process under the guise that I know that the thing that I'm about to say will be forever immortalized, forever immortalized. Conversations, uh, the effect that you have on people are immortalized in a different way. You know, like if you encourage someone, if you you take them down or whatever. But music, it just behaves completely differently. So I find it far more important because I am both driven by words and I'm highly driven by emotion, which is probably why I was designed to make rap music, I think, because it's very wordy and it's music. So I think that when it comes to making that kind of stuff in that mentality, I am far more articulate, knowing that when someone comes to this, I, I want it to stand I almost want this, this conversation that I'm having with the listener, what I'm saying, if I'm trying to encourage them, if I'm trying to get them to think, I, I really do want it to stand the test of time and, uh, hope, hopefully ring very, very, very true in ways that not all music does. Right. So I think music for sure. It, and, and it hit it. I know that it's that, now that i think about it because it hits me in waves right so, so as i'm working on the song if it if it's a very meaningful song and i'm i'm pouring my heart into it there there's a bit of a sort of like a recycling process i'm like i'm working on it i'm being very objective with certain lyrics And there comes a time where it's like the lyrics and the performance, the recording, it kind of hits this spot where I'm like listening to it back objectively, and it hits me emotionally. And in these moments, I'll often start sweat, like, tearing up or like crying my eyes out. Because I've just communicated back to myself It's almost like feedback into a microphone. And a speaker is like, I've just communicated to myself the very thing that I that I needed to
0: hear myself right because it's not enough to just conceptually come up with it hearing hearing the words hearing the articulation for yourself is gives it a whole new meaning even even to the people person who wrote it which is crazy yeah
1: yeah it's so it's so true that and that's when i that's when i know that there's that it has the the job has been done
0: right right wow that's really fascinating like so then do you usually write with like a specific purpose in mind or do you find that like just putting your emotions into it. It kind of puts the the puzzle pieces in for that kind of message that you're sending. Like, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I just like, like, do, do you ever have like a specific purpose for a specific song or do you think you just find it along the way? Basically
1: when I, so when I sit down, if I'm trying to discover it along the way, well, the, the very thing that I do first is, is I, I try to lock in the chorus of, of a song because the chorus to me is the like antithesis it is the thesis the uh the heart at what the in- the, the rest of the song should support so the verses the bridge all these other moments are ult- it, it, the way that i see it is are ultimately built to support the chorus so this you know, this has been wor- working for me for over ten years writing this way. I find that if I work in another way, if I if I work from the verse beyond, which occasionally I'm, I may write a song in that way. but <clears throat> I often find myself in the middle of working on the verse, wait, like, what is this song about again? Like, do I know what this right. song is about? Right <clears throat> Whereas if I work backwards, if I work from the chorus, I know exactly what the rest of the the song should be right um uh, so i i typically go with that in mind and and plus there, there's another there's another reasoning to to support why i do this if not only is if the concept can't be strong but the chorus in and of itself rhythmically melodically it, you know it's catchiness if it is not uh where i like it to be then it's not even worth doing at all if the if the, right. if the chorus can't the chorus doesn't hit a certain whatever set of standards for me then uh i i, I'm, I might abandon this take this version of it and may right. try to find a new piece to project the same concept in that right. can
0: now hopefully make it a better chorus and and you can tell because it it hits you still like it If it rings home to you or rings true to you, that's when you know, like, okay, this is something I got to keep working with.
1: Absolutely. It's just all it's all about going with your gut. Right. If it it, if it hits, it hits.
0: Do do you find it easier or more difficult to to uh, write your own or write about your own message as opposed to like what you've done in the past with um, writing video game satirical uh, raps and whatnot? Like, do you find it? like more easier easier to articulate yourself in that form or easier to work with the the pre-made materials of video games and stuff or is there any difference at all
1: i often say well i often have said that when working with like video games um i'm very thankful that i did have that season of specifically working on video game related music because it was something that i that i hadn't done the concept of trying to personalize or to take an existing story that is that is something that you did not live through right and make it an effective song it it is quite a challenge had that i hadn't uh like put myself through i think which is why you you see a lot of surface level video game songs it's just like reference 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 you know what i'm saying look at mario in his red hat jump and get a coin
0: but then meanwhile like a good example of something that's not like that is your your star fox rap right where you literally put yourself in uh, fox's shoes to make a song about his dad or whatnot you found that like do you find that more difficult than articulating your own message or do you think it just kind of goes hand in hand?
1: I think it does. I think it does go hand in hand. You always have to write in I think any writer from any plane of media will tell you this. You have to write from a true place regardless of of uh of where you write it from. So for example, take that Star Fox, uh rap because it, it it is it is a perfect representation of so Star Fox, uh, the, the story is, is, is that a pilot lost his dad, right? And he's going on an adventure or he's trying to either avenge his, the, the death of his father by taking out his father's killer, uh, whatever it is. Um, but, you know, that's the story that we see, but we don't really think about like, oh my gosh. Someone who grew up with—I didn't grow up without my dad. So right. now I have to put myself in that situation. Yeah. Uh, so, but the thing, but the thing is, because I haven't grown up with my dad, um, the only person at the time whom I had lost was was my grandfather. So when I was working on the Star Fox song, um, you're kind of going. There's there's a bit of this. There's this thing that's happening where, yeah, I'm referencing Star Fox, but I'm but mindfully I'm thinking of my
0: grandfather. Right, right, and, and that could be found in a lot of your songs too. Oh yeah, big
1: time, and I think that that roots it, that roots yeah. it in a, in, a, in a very true and genuine place. There's yeah. there's a lyric uh, in the Star Fox rap where it talks about um, something about having a dream. Um And everybody around is acting like the dad's there, but he's not or whatever. I can't right, remember the right. lyric exactly. But that was a dream that I that I had about my grandfather. And I was able to interesting yeah, that I was able to creatively sort of just like interweave that experience that I had had, which, which right at the time, you know, when someone passes in your life, it's very common to to dream about them, that they're there again And, and so it was shortly after he had passed that I had that dream and I woke up shook because I hadn't had any really one very, very close to me like him pass yet, nor have I had a dream about it. So when it came to the Star Fox thing, because I had thought about that, it was just, it was very seamless to, to interweave it. Right. And that's where the, that's where the emotion really comes from. Like if you watch the video, I guess of me, like performing it. Um, obviously I I don't give a crap about Star Fox's dad passing.
0: You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Who does really fictional character, not even in the game really. Yeah.
1: Like, you know, he shows up at one point, (laughs) he comes back. So it's
0: like, (laughs) why does it even matter?
1: Yeah. He he shows up and he's got, you know, he's like Star Fox's icon with glasses.
0: All we know is that he's got glasses. That's the only thing we know. All
1: we know. Oh, that's it. That's it. And so, you know, obviously I'm not that emotional about, some some anthropomorphic fox's dad yeah Uh, but you know what i am projecting is the loss of my grandfather through that performance well and it's it's
0: clearly like effective too i mean i i looked through some of those comments and like so many of the comments were just saying like luke are you all right like you know they're saying like "I'm, i'm so sorry to hear about your dad you know some people really took that as like this is his experience or whatnot and that's because you were channeling something personal into it so in a way, it's kind of like you've you've always kind of been articulating your message, even if it's just through uh, essentially a different medium of parodying songs as opposed to making your own, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, and that and that in and of itself has has been a very fu- that was a fun challenge for that time. Yeah, and I think it was crucial. It it was a interesting step, unexpected. I would have, I never, if you would have asked me this six seven years ago this is not what I would have ever have thought to have done. Right. But it really, it brought me to, in a, in a way, like I've been doing music for such a long time. So this may sound weird to say, but it, it was almost the last step to helping me realize what I wanted my music to become. Right uh and what kind of music i i valued and so uh i'm very thankful for that in that regard for sure
0: right well and i I think that's what really sets you apart from other artists too like you said you there's some raps out there i'm not not trying to downplay anybody but like there are some raps out there that stay a little bit more on the surface level the reason i feel so attached to your work though is because you really get into that emotional side and bring up the personal experiences and stuff so uh, I think you did an awesome job, and you've done an awesome job with uh, some of the like late night thoughts, and then um, even uh, um, oh gosh, bump that, bump that. That's what I'm thinking of. Is also another really good one. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, to my understanding, these are both part of an album that you're working on. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. So bump that was the first original song, and bump that, bump that. This this is so funny. This this is very like that. That was a very significant song because that one was written on the crux of Garrett and I, we had come back together and we were going to originally work on another Smash Brothers rap for the upcoming uh, Smash Ultimate. And it was it was strictly, and he'll say this too, it was strictly on the basis like, okay, Settle It and Smash is both of our most popular songs, it would be dumb not to cash in and, and make this song. But the more so that we started, I think we had like a pre-chorus and a chorus done um which is like you know we're we're probably we probably had about 40 to 45% of the actual heavy lifting done in making this song and as i sat down to to write about it i was like man i do not give a single f about smash ultimate or talking about freaking you know bowser and king k yeah. rules and just like i don't like i just almost- don't
0: care did it almost feel like a step backwards, like towards uh, going closer to the surface as opposed to just going yeah. deeper?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it 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 totally did. Yeah, we, with with settle it and smash, we we set out with a very ambitious goal. And when there's like a goal in mind, like we want to really shake things up, I'm driven by that. Right. We wanted settle it and smash to literally become the anthem for smash four on its release and our goal was in hopes that nintendo were to contact us for a commercial an actual commercial that would air on tv and everything uh to use the song now that's why the the song is kind of it broadly captures all the things about smash four. Right. It was with that intent with this new one that we set out to make, it was strictly just to cash in on the next smash brothers. We made sure we made a really popular, arguably, I think the best smash brothers related song about, I'd agree with that. Yeah. About the franchise. Uh, It's time to cash in and make another one. Right. And so, on that basis alone i was like i really don't feel like doing this i was like screw this i was like bump this and that's when i wrote bump that uh, i it, it it came to it, bump that was just something i just re i i felt like writing more than the other one so right. over here garrett's like hey man how's the verse coming along uh, i'm like uh the verse is coming along great and i'm like to this other song and <laughs> i'm i'm literally making so much headway so in the week that i was supposed to be working on the set this new smash related one i had written and recorded and mixed this other one and i was like i want to i want to go back to my roots i want to do like another i want to do an old school hip-hop album yeah that was the man i do not know what your question was or (laughs) initially no it's
0: fine this is all very this is just the way the podcast goes you know um I think it's interesting, though, because Bump, that was not only a, like a response to Smash, but it was also kind of the transition into your new form of creating, too, right? That's how the timing lines up. Big time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Big time. That's what that's when I realized mu- you know, music is in my is in my blood. Um, so I, I in, yeah, I realized at that point I'm kind of done with this video game rap referencing stuff right i never even considered myself part of the nerdcore genre like not sure. ever you know what i'm saying like yeah i don't know what i i don't know how i thought of myself
0: but well and I, I think most people who saw your videos whether it's the satirical ones or the parodies i mean i guess they're both satirical in that sense um i think everyone could kind of gather that like he's here for the sake of of what he's producing not necessarily trying to indulge in fandoms or whatnot right and i I think that's even noticeable in like something like your your top 10 characters for smash 4 right completely satirical but obviously not for the sake of like putting yourself further into this deep fandom of smash it's definitely not the purpose of it right and i think everyone could kind of gather that from watching um but to kind of bring it back to like the album uh with bump that how soon after did you think like I need to make a whole album with songs that's a little bit more like this that pertains to specific or specific moments in my life. Like, where's the time? What's the timeline on that? Timeline was really
1: quick. I mean, I think it was. I want to say within four to five weeks, if not shorter than that. I, I I was on this really big. It was it was almost like I was like, it was a reawakening for myself. Right. Because I love hip hop music, uh, specifically the the lyricists behind that what i think make hip-hop incredible so like the music between you know the late 80s to the late 90s that entire decade of specifically lyrical rap and that it never went away but there's something about that vibe that just spoke that speaks volumes to me and Are, are there specific
0: artists that you could give an example of
1: Oh yeah, for sure. I would probably say my favorite artist is Rakim. Um Rakim who is probably the earliest I think the earliest most recognized l- lyrical a- acrobat. Sure. Uh I mean, this is where Eminem got a lot of his influence. His his uh his knack for internal rhyming and stuff and you have those really driving East Coast hip hop drums with driving bass lines and uh, that are just, that have just so much movement in nature and right. they're underlying, you know, underlining soul and funk influenced all together i just love that so that's that's where i was like i want to create an album like this i haven't yeah i haven't worked on stuff like this in a long time however of course that evolved and i realized okay um this is a lot this is gonna take a lot more money because of the sampling like clearing samples and, and that sort of thing for example for bump that i contacted the person who made the beat i can't i can't even tell you the name of the person who had made it. And I said, uh, uh, I was like, Hey, I was like, do you have any, sam- like, what are the samples in this song? And there's something like five different samples from different songs. Right. And I, I got in contact of like a sample clearance. So like in order to properly sell your music now to have it streamed, you gotta, you gotta go through all the due diligence in clearing this stuff. I mean, you can say F it, like the majority right. of <laughs> you could say bump that you really can. And that's kind of the basis of of, of hip hop. You, you kind of can roll the dice when you sample anything. Right. But Spotify has like a strict striking process where if you get caught for not clearing samples, it could remove your entire account or something along those lines. Right. And I didn't want to take those chances, obviously. So I got in contact with someone and they explained the process to me and basically it was going to cost anywhere from depending on the sample right like 1000 to like it could even be like five digits or wow four to five digits of clearing for each <laughs> for each
0: sample and then that's right. when
1: I was like oh god
0: yeah I and, I'm not about to mess with this. So, and, and do you feel like after that, you kind of felt like you had to put a little bit more effort into the album because of that, like, did, was, did the pressure kind of raise to, to produce something really, really great or. I think, I think
1: that hurdle, it brought me to a point where I was making something that was, more reflective of, I guess, who I am, the, the music that I've been working on lately, I feel is, is so one-to-one with, with who I am in in every single way. Um, and, uh, I think without that hurdle, I wouldn't have gotten there.
0: Right. So I, would you say you're kind of working on like a magnum opus almost like something like this is going to be me, but in album form, you know. Yeah,
1: I think I would say so. Definitely I don't know if I would call it a magnum opus in the regards of I don't want to put that level of pressure on me like this is going to sure, be sure. the best work I ever do. But as far as reflecting me, yeah, I really don't think there's ever going to be a song from now on that doesn't yeah, that doesn't genuinely genuinely reflect who I am. And it, it's it, you know, it's not a thing obviously you don't just like go to sleep one night and you wake up and you're like, ah, oh, this is the solution. You just got to take step by step right. by step until you just get there.
0: Right. Okay. Right, well, let's uh, let's change gears a little bit. Sure. Um, so you, you've not just been working on that album, but you've also been like I mentioned earlier uh, making beats and whatnot. How has that kind of been transitioning to uh, making more of the formal music or formal aspects of of music and whatnot? Like, do you do you find that? feels like a little bit different than writing specifically or like, how's that transition been?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's it, the transition has been great and it is different. It is different when it comes to, to writing because I don't have to like tap, I don't have to like tap into that sensation of or not sensation, but the, the, the vehicle of articulating anything, right? It's all based on feel. Mm-hmm. And so I love that aspect. I get lost in that
0: is it almost like more relaxing too because you can almost I don't want to say autopilot because that almost sounds like it undermines what you do but you know is it is it something having that fluidity almost relaxing I think
1: I think I think if you can go on autopilot it's better and it is okay. re- it, it it is relaxing I think the cuz sec- like the second I find that I I'm overthinking the process is is when uh, And it's a certain kind of overthinking. Then the whole thing like stops, and then that's when I get in my own head. If it if the overthinking leads to me feeling discouraged, I've overthought way too much. Which is which is why autopiloting is really great
0: when just creating
1: music because you're not you're not thinking about it. You're just like, does this feel great? It feels great. Yeah. Who cares?
0: Who cares how we got here? kind of easier to do autopilot when you're doing it on stream because you know you have to finish it like within that specific time duration
1: it wasn't at first it okay. da- it's stream streaming making beats it told it totally was not at at first it was uh it ever like when I was 18 and I when I when I was really taking the whole like hip-hop artistry thing very very seriously I there was there was a there was a craving to make uh instrumentals to like make hip-hop beats but i i just didn't have the the things around me to do so i mean i was like i would make some beats with the things around me and they uh, they were obviously not that good in nature and so i was just kind of like waiting until I, until I hit college and I got a MacBook and that's when we had to have Logic, which is the thing that I make all of my music in now. Right. And then I just then I just went uh, then I just went ham. So it's great. I. Yeah. I, but streaming at first, the process it is very. I think it it fast track the fast track the process of me realizing that I have to not think about it. I have to go right. Into autopilot. Right
0: yeah because you, you probably realize you you can't you can't uh, <laughs> care about every single aspect in that short time span of a stream right like I imagine yeah. that would kind of get you on the wheel <laughs> and it seems to be working now because you you're you're doing it quite often now like uh, most of your streams right
1: yeah yeah no it I I, I have realized the, the these are the most enjoyable streams that I have ever done so That's great yeah I'm, I'm very i'm very very thankful that it's all
0: come to this i guess right and do you, does it is it kind of like um gratifying to have uh like different requirements every time you like it does it kind of have a way of staying fresh because it's other people commissioning you to do it and whatnot and you get to fool around with a bunch of different styles like how how does that differ than just kind of making beats for yourself where you have to follow like a little bit of a more strict layout I guess maybe you don't I don't know um but what's your kind of thoughts on that
1: yeah no you're absolutely right there there are, there are beats that I make that I typically that that I wouldn't ever necessarily have written a song right. to and uh so it it is it's it's very fun it's freeing in that process because I can I can now make music that I enjoy but not necessarily tracks that i would make a full fleshed out song featuring myself with you know with performance and lyrics and and that sort of thing so it it is it is just so awesome uh it 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 scratches that itch if anything if anything i've i've always like i've all hip-hop is like four different there's like four columns to hip-hop it's like the production side um the uh the rapping the mc the art the graffiti stuff and then the the break dancing and the production side also falls in line uh typically with djing turntable turntable lists sure and i've kind of like seen the way that i see the columns of hip-hop is like the elements in uh like avatar the last airbender (laughs) and i'm like i'm like all right so I, I got the rapping one down pretty tight all right so now it's time to go into production and then i want to go i i really do i love all four elements of hip hop so to speak right and so i really want to be versed in all four of them sure uh not to be remembered as like the hip hop avatar like i th- that's not the <laughs> legacy i want to live behind right right but it's uh it's a fun goal to have in mind
0: yeah yeah I think we need a, a mock-up intro of that, just like the Avatar intro, but, you know, like production, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I, I think that's a great way to, to look at it. And I, I can tell, like, uh, even from your late night thoughts video, which obviously is a little bit older at this point, but um, I think you were hitting all bits of those, or all uh, element Avatar elements with that one those more two. than, like, your older stuff, right? Yeah. So I, I can definitely tell that you're making progress in that, which is good. Um So, uh, unfortunately, we're actually getting kind of close to wrapping up time. Uh, So I'm going to kind of finish off with the question I like to finish off with, which is just uh, how have you been creatively dealing with everything that's been going on in 2020? Obviously, 2020 is over, but any kind of repercussions afterward as well. Um, How has that creatively been affecting you? I think... um... Man, and I don't mean to like pry into personal stuff by the way. Feel free to stay just within the creative realm or wherever you want to go basically.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay, so if I'm being if I'm being completely honest, but to still add value to the to the question, uh-huh. like through the answer or whatever. Uh my my life hasn't changed a really a whole lot outside from the fact that you sometimes I I have to stay locked in My place, I mean, like really, like my life hasn't changed, but in my life has changed a lot in that the people around me, their lives have drastically changed, right? Their, their lives have been flipped upside down. So the, the biggest thing has been just sort of the, uh, the immediate support group, my family and my friends who are now like, well, what do we do? You know, uh, we quit our jobs or we got let go, and they're sort of in this—they're sort of in this limbo state of uncertainty. And so, the biggest thing that I think that I—that I have gotten out of 2020 is—is is literally to project my uh, agenda onto them. <laughs> agenda. <Right. clears throat> Basically, I've been using this whole time to say, like, hey, if you were miserable doing that, like, no job is hiring now. You might as well try to figure out how to get the thing you love to do to become a profitable thing. Right. There's, I I think there is far more value in uh, doing something that you love making less money than being miserable, but having enough money to eat. Like we all got to eat and support and all that and all those things. I'm not saying that that isn't important, but when day in and day out, you come in And you're, you're spend, you may be making a hundred thousand dollars a year, but if you're spending a million dollars in emotional equity, I don't think that's worth it. I don't think that job is worth it at all. You need to quit. You need to quit. You need, you need to take something that takes like the other way around.
0: Yeah. And I I think, yeah, sorry. Continue. No, no,
1: no, no. Go ahead. Go. I was done. Um, my thought, sorry.
0: I I think like, yeah, I, I think it's good that you're encouraging them to try new things, especially, um, like from an artistic side too, because we now have the time to fully go into whatever artistic field that we want to like fully capitalize on. I know this whole thing that I'm doing right now just kind of started off because I thought, why not? I've got the time now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm hoping I can keep it up, uh, you know, when times start going back to normal or whatever the new normal is going to be. But I I do think that like one of the benefits of this whole thing is this, uh, there's been a lot of creators out there who finally had the opportunity to really pursue what they want to do. And, um, you know, even if it doesn't end up uh, working out in the long run for those people, like, it's still it's still a moment in time that they got to experience that they wouldn't have otherwise, right? So, yeah, I I think definitely trying to um, advocate other people try new things and whatnot. But even as you mentioned earlier, you know, um, even if other people, even if you're if if uh, yourself is is not entirely impacted by all the lockdowns and stuff like that, uh, you know, like you said, like the people around you are and even that can be kind of draining. Right. Like, um, has that kind of like messed with you at all?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, If if you have people in your life and, you know, you you set up things to do with them and they're constantly miserable. And if you have any if you have any semblance of empathy or sympathy, you know, it totally affects that time. You can't be present because you're you're trying to, like, help them work through whatever they're trying to work through. Uh, you, You know, you definitely don't want to disregard how they're how they're feeling in the moment, you kind of want to, you kind of want to meet them where they're at. So, you know, I kind of, before the pandemic hit really, really hard, I I really was like the black sheep in some aspects in that I felt I was one of the only people within my realm who was, who, uh, social realm, I guess, uh, locally that was doing the thing that I love to do and so I kind of realized that when I say, hey, just do what you love, it kind of fell on deaf ears because they're like, no, I got I got to make a living. I got to make money. Yeah. But now with right. the pandemic, it's like you have really no other choice. It's kind of like yeah. it's been swept up. The rug has been swept up from underneath you. So now I'm able to be like, you might at this point, you might as well. Right. You, nothing is certain. Nothing has ever been certain. But yeah. the pandemic has totally projected that into this right. that realization into the stratosphere that we right. don't ever need to get comfortable we don't yeah. ever 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 need to get comfortable in that regard so yeah it's like when people show up and you're you're hanging out with friends and family and they're miserable of course that affects it like that yeah. takes a ton of emotional equity within right. that interaction that you may have been looking forward to it, you know what i'm saying it being relaxing and fun
0: right and and it- but it also kind of provides you an opportunity to give back support to people who have supported you over the years, right? Like it's oh, yeah. it kind of an opportunity to try to help out other people as well.
1: Oh yeah. A hundred, percent. I just, I, I really do. I, I want, I want everybody to be happy and to live fulfilled lives and, and, you know, to, to, to find out, uh, their purpose and whatnot, but especially those who I, who I love, I for really sure. want that for them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's uh that's all that's all good advice for people watching too, you know. Um just trying to be there for other people who are going through a hard time, especially um especially if you have specific insight that might be able to help them or whatnot, you know, because you're a creator, like you're able to kind of convey that idea of doing what you want for a living a little bit easier than people who don't do what they want for a living. You know, they might have the opposite kind of support that they bring. So, So um, yeah,
1: just, you know, some people have no choice too. And I understand that.
0: Right. They have
1: families and they, they have, you know, they have certain bills. They got it. They got to pay for like medicine and all this sort of thing. I get it.
0: Right. Right. But you're there for them, right? That's the important thing. Um, And we should all definitely be here for each other in times like these um I, I I'm gonna have one little caveat question that I attached to this um it just because it kind of transfers like do you have any advice for creators out there for how they can kind of creatively and mentally stay healthy through things like this like what are some of your tricks for keeping a good creative mindset when creating so if you're I if you're within the realm of the thing
1: that you already find a lot of fulfillment in that you love um, to, you know, everybody's wired differently. So obviously the, the regular healthy things you should be doing, which you know that, you know, you should be doing people who are listening or watching this, you know, what those are. You don't even need any of us to say that again. Um, But I, I think I thrive, I, fi- I find enjoyment in stressful times when I when I have a project to throw myself into. If there isn't a project of any capacity, whatever it is, um, like the other, uh, my, my best friend Drew had a birthday and I was like, uh, we were talking a lot about like Harry Potter stuff at that time. And I was like, oh, how dope would it be to like learn how to like carve out and like sort of make like a custom wand and a display. So for about like two weeks, I wasn't even working on music. I was just like, I threw myself into this brand new project that I didn't even know how to do to, right. to give him something unique for his birthday. Uh, if it, I find so much relaxation and fulfillment in projects of any size, shape, or form And, uh, so, you know, if you're creative, if you're, if you're stressful, especially say like if a project that you are working on, if that in particular thing is stressful, uh, maybe take a break from it, find something new, something fresh, uh,
0: delegate art forms, you know,
1: exactly. Exactly. Maybe something that you're more passionate about in in Mm -hmm. this, in this frame of time and just, just throw yourself in it. It, it. it. it's it's funny how uh, I don't know just very cathartic it is yeah the whole sure. the whole thing so break well, up and, that and monotony.
0: You went to college, right? So I, I assume that you had to take a lot of classes in other art fields as well, like um, it just through the process of continuing with your major. And that's something that I've had to do a lot too, right? Like I've had to uh, sometimes sculpt things, I've had to uh, yeah. paint or whatnot. And it's obviously that's not stuff that's aligned with my major, but it's just experimenting with like other realms of creativity always gets me uh, re-energized to come back to whatever project I was working on before. Mm, absolutely, I love yeah. that. It's yeah. so true, it's so true. It, it like, it, it's, it still has <coughs> the effect of trying to be a creative outlet, but it also, it, it allows you to explore other aspects of creativity that then can transfer over when you come back. And of course, you know, just looking at the same project for days on end can always be draining. So uh, yeah, I, I think that's great advice. Just experimenting with other fields, try another project that you want to try and whatnot. And uh,
1: yeah, it all I, translates. It, it really does. It,
0: does. it definitely does. And, and that's, that's why I like doing this podcast because I, I can bring on artists of tons of different fields and, they will always have at least a handful of things that just ring true to any other artist who listens because it's all connected, you know, it's all creativity, sharing this message, making art. Um, and yeah, I guess with that, that might be a a good place to kind of call it for the podcast. Uh, Luke, thank you so much for joining. Um, and I appreciate you being here and taking your time out of your schedule. Uh, if you would like to kind of explain to the people where they can find you or any projects you're working on, um, Feel free to do it now. Anything you gotta plug.
1: Yeah, youtube.com slash youngtown y-u-n-g T-O-W-N. You can find me also uh Youngtown on Twitter, Youngtown Life, spelled L-Y-F-E on Insta. And that's kind of where I'm at right now. Dude, thank you so much for having me on. It's it's been a blast, and I'm sorry that I blew you off there in, in December.
0: <laughs> for those what's for, important is that we got here. I dropped that's the
1: ball. Important. I dropped the ball so hard. I stayed up so late. <laughs> And I was like, dude, I I messed up. I was like my yeah. sleep schedule is terrible and I feel I still feel bad. So, I apologize <laughs> for that.
0: It's no worries. Uh one little thing to add to that though. It's I don't usually like explain who the next guest is going to be because things you know might fall through, but I was pretty excited to have you on. So for when I interviewed Lee, I said around the end cuz I think he might have even brought up your name and that's when I was like, which, by the way?" I'm getting them on the podcast next time. So that's going to be really cool. Oh, that's and then so like cool. next time comes a log in, and it's just like something else, but what matters <laughs> is we got it done. Uh, and that's, we got it done. Yes, we got it done. Yeah. Um, and I very much appreciate you being here. Like I said, you you've been one of my favorite creators uh, for a very long time now. So it's an honor to have you here. And um, I'm glad to see that you are our, in such a creatively positive place right now too. And I hope that kind of continues on as well. Oh, thanks, man. Thank
1: you. Thank yeah. you so much for all the, for all the encouragement. And I, I wish this, yeah. I wish the same for you, man. Keep killing it on this podcast. Thank man. you. Thank you. It's so really much. good.
0: Thank you. And, uh, I'm going to extend that to all you creators watching out there. Uh, make sure you guys keep continuing with your creative, uh, po- your creative, your positive, creative mindset, because that's ultimately the most important thing to the process of creating. If you ask me and, uh Thank you guys also for supporting me and uh, make sure you guys uh, subscribe if you'd like to check out more clips and episodes coming out eventually. And of course, I'll see you guys in the next podcast episode. So, so long.